Oh, Miss Denise Talbert, how are you today? I'm good, Miss Kimberly. <laughs> well, it is Thank such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Exquisite Conversations. Um, I'm just so honored to have you here because, you know, when I learned about the wonderful things that you're doing in the community, I was just like, oh my God, like, how don't I know this woman? <laughs> like, how, how is this something that I haven't learned about her? I, I'm yeah. just learning. So, <laughs> so I definitely, I'm excited for you to share um, everything that you're doing. So I'm going to give you the floor for those who are watching or listening that might not know who you are. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what your business is. So. Okay, cool. So my name is Denise Tolbert, and I was born and raised in Charleston and surrounding areas. And uh, for the most part, most of my adult life, I have been managing small businesses. I have been doing outreach work, but out of the public eye. But now I have decided to embark on a huge journey of opening a 50,000 square foot homeless shelter with a minimum of 125 beds. So that's where I am now. Um, the name of the business is the Village of South Carolina Homeless Shelter and Services. And the mission is to get all of the rough sleepers, which is people who are homeless living on the streets, uh, off of the streets and into an inclusive shelter and provide them with uh, all of the social services that they need to empower themselves on their route to self-sufficiency. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, definitely, um, I applaud you because <laughs> homelessness you. is <laughs> homelessness is such a major issue going on in Charleston and in the Low Country. And as a native, I'm sure you you know this well, way too well, just as I do. You know, um, definitely seeing how the problem has grown and how you know the. I'll say just the Charleston's response as a whole hasn't really been that positive. You know, we don't really see too many places stepping up to actually try to offer solutions rather than just trying to like shoo them out the way so that, you know, the tourists don't see or the, you know, the, the people that come into town to, uh, around special times of the year don't see, you know. Um, so talk about kind of like how you uh, came across, well, I won't say how you came across, but how, you know, the, the issue of homelessness in Charleston became more of like a personal problem for you because you, you're going to get a pretty big space. <laughs> you're going to be doing a whole lot. So what for you made you say, you know what, enough is enough. I need to step up and I need to do something. Okay. So what happened was, um, funny story. I, on one of the first cold nights that we had in Charleston, I got up and I could not find my coat. So I was like, I wonder how many homeless people were not prepared for this weather because it kind of just came upon us. And so I said, uh, I'm going to do a coat drive. Okay. So I called a couple of people and 
I organized the code drive and I got uh, eight different businesses to um, accept donations. And when I realized that I was going to have like close to 300 coats, I started looking for recipients. And that's when my eyes were open. While I'm looking for these recipients, I really couldn't find them. The homeless people that we see often on the street are really just a small fraction of what's really out there. Many of them have chosen to go off the grid and not be seen for reasons I don't want to discuss right now. But um, so when I discovered that it was more than just what I could see, and then I started doing some research and realizing that just South Carolina alone is, is more than 5,000 homeless people, it really just dawned on me like, wait a minute, we used to have a, a nice sized homeless shelter downtown. What happened? So after doing some research and realizing they closed the shelter down and these people moved from the shelter up the block to the, uh, the overpass and they were living under the overpass. And we know that now to be uh, Tent City. Mm -hmm. and then uh, no other shelter was really put in place to, you know, to, to fill that need. And then that was many years ago. So now uh, fast forward to COVID, those numbers have ballooned like tremendously. And a lot of people are homeless now, really at no fault of their own. They just could not sustain because businesses were having to close and so they lost their jobs and they found themselves homeless. And so I called around and, and, and just discovered that there are shelters out here um, but there's not really much of a vacancy. But the main issue was there really wasn't much of an inclusion. A lot of people get turned away from certain shelters if they don't meet the criteria. And so that's when I sat down and me and God had a long talk because this was never part of my life plan to be such a huge humanitarian. Like I think all of us have a little bit of it in our hearts. Mm -hmm. But to think that you're going to take on 125 beds, the reason I decided so many beds is because I think we have maybe 500 people living on the streets just in Charleston, Berkeley, and Dorchester County. So wow. to be quite honest, 125 beds, that's really not enough. But um, there'll be more than 125 people allowed to stay because I'm going to allow certain situations like um, in the women's portion of the shelter, they can have um, their baby up to five-year-old uh, you know, in the bed with them. So it'll be more than 125 people there. Good. Now, not sure if you heard about this, but there was just, an, uh, an update about a complex in downtown Charleston off East Bay Street. And many of those residents, I believe it's up to 300 families, they may be homeless come January. So I might have to revamp my whole plan just to provide more beds for the, the, the people that are about to become homeless. Wow, oh, really, in downtown Charleston? Yes, and, and I, I made a promise that I don't want to call any names or anything like that because I don't want it to I don't want it to affect 
the support that I need. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just kind of was like, wow, like, you know, and you see Charleston like blowing up so much with the tourism and things like that. And, and I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's just when I hear things like that okay. and I'm like, you know, with the tourism and everything blowing up the way it is, you know, everywhere you look downtown, they put a new uh, hotel, new apartment complex or something somewhere. It's like, so y'all don't have this much room for a homeless shelter. You know, we can't get these people just a little bit of help. You know, it, it's really disappointing when you hear it. You know, it's great to hear that someone like yourself is, you know, standing up and saying, hey, this is a problem. And it, it just makes me kind of like confused that even after all this time, you know, with the numbers being so high, with things like Tent City that have been going on for years now, you know, with so many efforts by outside organizations. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Potluck in the Park. Um, every, I think it's every Sunday? On a hill. Yeah, I think it's every Sunday on the east side, they are cooking for the homeless. You know, it's it just baffles me how, you know, places like the city of Charleston that you would think have all these resources, all this money, you know, they're not really doing what they're supposed to do, you know, um, so yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> That's okay. Well, uh, just to touch on that, um, I think it's really important for us to understand that if we just rely on each other, it's actually enough. We really don't really need to um, focus on who's not doing what because that's really not gonna get us anywhere. But to be honest, there are a number of organizations behind the scenes that, that do a lot on a daily basis, but they don't get any public recognition and they're not doing it for that reason. Mm -hmm. um, but all the necessities like giving out coats and making sure you feed them and giving them toiletries and, and things of like that is, is definitely important. So people should not stop donating those types of items. However, if I was homeless, I would prefer a warm bed at night over all of those other items. Yes. I think that you would have a clearer mind, less depression. You can focus more on moving forward to get to where you need to be if you know where you're going to be tomorrow night. You know what I mean? Mm. So if we come together as a community, we don't really too much have to focus on what municipalities are supposed to be doing what and, yeah. and why they're not doing it, to be honest. We don't have time for that. It's the winter season now. People are living face to concrete on Rivers Avenue. It's freezing. So my goal is to, to have a grand opening before the hot summer months get here. And I'm hoping for uh, March 31st of, of next year. So I have a lot of push right now. And um, I cannot do it by myself. It's impossible. I am not Jesus. This is a community task. And I am really pleading for any and everybody to step up. If you don't have a dollar to donate, don't worry about it. That's fine. Donate your time. Many people don't have jobs. They're not doing anything right now. Two hours a week would make a huge difference. You know what I mean? It all adds up. And, and you are very, very, that's a very valid point. You know, the importance of us being able to come together. You know, we know municipalities 
they're going to do what they do, <laughs> you know, but I think it's very important. And there are so many, I, I'm thinking of like so many different people and organizations that are out here doing the best they can to be able to help the homeless and things like that. Have you um, been collaborating or working with any groups in particular? Like what's that process been like? Just kind of like the process of even learning about these groups. I'm sure it's like, like, oh, wow, somebody does this, somebody does this, somebody does this. <laughs> Well, that process has been very interesting. Um, just starting the coat drive and posting about the coat drive. Many of the businesses that volunteered their storefronts to collect these coats, uh, many of them were already involved in some way, shape, or form, you know, with helping with the homeless. So when I would meet them to go drop off these boxes, we would have, you know, a little chit chat. And um, I would find out information, you know, here and there, just bits and pieces. And um, and, it, and those who are really interested in um, my vision, they took it upon themselves to reach out to me. Uh, one in particular, her name is Kim, and she, um, she helps a lot of veterans as much as she can. And I appreciate her so much because she was the first person I sat down with and had a conversation about um, what was on my mind and, and which route I wanted to take. And she was so real with me. And she told me the things to look out for, um, the things to focus on. And to this day, she has been my main supporter. So definitely her. But I've met uh, Donna Gill. I've met Erin. I've met uh, a very interesting lady by the name of Rosie and Brendan. <laughs> and yeah, so it's, it's as, as you go out and you give, you meet different people. and. I guess when my spirit agrees with them, we connect and, and we've been connected like ever since. Okay. Well, awesome. When you say some of those names, I'm just thinking of their faces and I'm like, yeah, that's one. That's another one. <laughs> Especially Aaron. I know he's always, he is a front line. He is out there doing it the best he can. So I definitely thought that's a great bunch of people. And anyone else I can think of, I'll definitely make sure I send your way as well. Um, so you've got a big goal ahead of you. And you said that, you know, you're aiming for March. Full steam ahead to March. You know, we're getting through the holiday season and the cold months and things like that. Um, you know, talk about, you know, what, why so why so big of a building so you know immediately i know that you know you have a there's so many people out there that need the resources you know um why did you say i'm going to get this kind of building i'm going to offer these kinds of services you know what was it that made you say this is what i'm going to do I'm, my goal is 100 or so beds you know what was it that kind of you know like made you go so high for your goal Looking at the number of people in need, the need is just so great. And then realizing that our city doesn't have a facility like that. And then researching and seeing that it was so beneficial for places like LA, when they opened their uh, 125 bed shelter. But the reason I want the space to be so big is because I intend to offer over 10 different social services and that includes, you know, helping find employment and helping find permanent housing and AA and narcotics classes, life skills classes, credit repair classes, grooming, dental, just a number of things that people 
really could use that would really empower them outside of just a, a GED class and teaching them how to fill out an application. A lot of these people are not bums. Some of them are educated. They have uh, a really good works, work ethics and things like that. They've just fallen on hard times. And so with that being said, I also want to offer all of these services completely free. I don't know if you know, but many shelters, they charge for a bed. And I don't see any sense in, it. yeah, I don't see any sense wow. in expecting people to be able to move forward if you're charging them for a bed. We need a shelter that really empowers people and helps them move forward so that they could be self-sufficient so that we don't have to keep seeing them come back to the shelter because they can't get it together because they're having to do so many other things just to maintain. So really you are looking to more so empower them for the long term. It's not just short-term assistance like giving you a meal for today or giving you some clothes for today or a coat for the winter. It's about, no, let's go ahead and get you in here. We're going to give you this bed. We're going to come up with a plan to be able to get you where you need to go, you know? And that's so, that's so crazy that I, I never knew that they charge for beds. I didn't know that a lot of, uh, you know, homeless shelters did that. I'm like, I don't know where you guys think they're going to get this money from, but okay. Uh, you know, talk about if, say, for example, if I was someone that was homeless and, you know, if I came to you, I found you some, somehow and I said, Ms. Ms. Tolbert, I, I don't, I, I need help. Like, I don't know what to do. I, I, I have nothing. I, I'm trying to get a job. I can't feed my family, things like that. What would be like with your shelter, what would be the experience for someone like me just coming and just straight off the street, I, I need help. I, is there like a qualifying process? Is there like certain things you're looking for um, or things like that? Or is it just come on in? <laughs> it's basically, if we have a bed available, come on in. I don't care about your status. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what other shelters had negative to say about you. Let's start it all over from scratch. I'm gonna give you a, a brand new opportunity to come on in here, get this bed, let us know where you are, where you want to be. Let's sign you up for whatever social services that can help you and let's just get this ball rolling. Now, we do have situations where people are, um, shelter bouncers, I guess you can call it. And unfortunately, uh, previous shelters sometimes attach a stigma to your name. I don't agree with paper trails. And so what I'm going to do is brand new, fresh start. Come on in, let's get it done. Now, however, um, if you don't need a bed, say that you're at another shelter but they don't provide the services that you need for empowerment. We will help you with those services. You don't have to be a resident in our shelter to receive the homeless uh, services that we, we provide. Okay, wonderful. That was gonna be my next question. You know, what if I already have a bed and I just need services? <laughs> well, that, I think that's awesome. I just love your energy and I love just how you're just like, Okay, y'all ain't doing nothing. Let me go over here and get some started. Because <laughs> sometimes that and that's but that's it's important. No, go I'm ahead. <laughs> You're fine. It's, it's, 
it's also it's also important that um organizations come together there really is no need for us to um to feel like one organization is better than the other because to be honest if i have something to offer your client i want you to feel comfortable to contact me because it's not about you and it's not about me it's about the person we're trying to help so if anybody everybody could set aside all differences and and forget about well if i help this person they may get more than what what i need over here we we really do not have time for that if we combine all our resources together we can get every homeless person off the street period so i'm open to working with anybody i don't care what your reputation is what the rumors are let's get it together and let's get some things done awesome awesome so i know you're not doing this by yourself because <laughs> i'm like you you are doing some wonderful things so i know i know you probably got a team behind you you know do you have a board what uh, talk about your team and the the great people that i'm sure you have that are behind you rooting for you and cheering for you talk about talk about them and then talk about also your motivation to continue you know with what you're doing because i know how easy it can be you know especially as an entrepreneur myself um how easy it can be in places like charleston or just in general you know it, it isn't even about charleston or the location you know it's easy to get discouraged you know especially if you know you might meet that one person that you know doesn't want to help or doesn't understand or you know they're they're so quick to discourage you and things like that you know talk about what keeps you motivated and the people that you have in your corner it's funny you should mention that because the people i expected to be in my corner they think i'm crazy 125 beds how are you gonna what and some people who have been in the trenches for a while uh, have tried to convince me to start small and then grow big. But wow. the issue is this, when I go to sleep at night, I see 125 bed shelter. When I drive down Rivers Avenue at two o'clock in the morning and I see these people face to concrete, how am I gonna choose which 10 I'm going to put inside my small shelter. Exactly. I don't see how that even makes sense. We have a multitude of small houses around the city and around the counties. It's just simply not enough. It may have worked before COVID, but this is a whole new ball game. People are becoming homeless on a regular basis. Everybody is like one paycheck away from being on the streets. You know? So um my motivation basically comes from this little voice in my head that keeps saying i got you just do what you can do i got you just do what you can do and so even when i come across people that have discouraging things to say all i simply say is everything will fall into place i'm not worrying about it everything will fall into place and that's it awesome and, and that's and that's all you need is that little voice in your head because i think we all got that little voice that's just like just just go with it just you got this like you can do it even when it's like 
are you sure? And that voice is like, no, I'm sure. I'm confident this is going to work. So when you said little voice in the head, my, my little voice started screaming like, yep, see, everybody's got one. <laughs> you know what? A lot of times we don't realize that that voice may be something spiritual. We have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. that's, that's very, very true. So right now you know we're in december i might as well say in december last few days of november <laughs> um what do you what yeah. are some what are, what are some things that you if someone is watching this and they're like you know what i love this this woman i i want to support her how can someone support you how can someone support your efforts how can they have your back okay so uh currently um I'm in the middle of working with an attorney who's from New York, but she's here in Charleston now. And she is doing my paperwork for my uh, 501c3. One of the prerequisites is I have to have a board of directors. I have yet to fill uh, all of those positions. So if anybody has, you know, uh, any interest in being on the board, I am definitely open to that. It does not require you to work office hours. You can work on your own time. Um, and then also, uh, aside from the staff, as far as getting the 501c3 approved, um, I need volunteers for my fundraising campaign. I have a very fierce fundraising campaign, but it requires hands on deck. And um, if you want to reach out to me, uh you can email me at uh the village sc at yahoo.com or you could give me a call or text me at uh, 917-818-3134 you can reach out to me via my facebook page um i'm always getting notifications from facebook and the name on there is denise talbert uh, if you want to just simply uh, donate, I do have a GoFundMe page, and that could also be found on my Facebook page. I don't have any fundraisers going on that are not interactive, meaning these days, see, people want something for their money. <laughs> so the first fundraiser I'm having is um, selling uh, holiday reefs, holiday door reefs like Christmas wreaths for, for just $10. Most of the, um, most of the, de the decorations and things that I used to make the wreaths were donated. So uh, most of the, the sales will be uh, straight profit for the organization. So those are the types of things that we have going on. But I do have about, I guess you would say, six people right now that are standing strong with me behind the scenes and really helping to push things forward. But I would love to add to that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Denise, I am definitely in love with your mission. I love your drive. I love your energy. Um, I think you are going to surpass your goal and you're going to be able to have 500 beds. <laughs> I think you're going to be able to help everyone in Charleston and they all gonna be kicking in your door like, Denise, help, like we need resources. 
<laughs> so I'm I'm just so proud of you. I, I love seeing, you know, especially African American women stepping up because you know we always got to get people in mind, right? You know, when it comes to things, because when we say enough is enough, that means enough is enough. <laughs> and and I'm I'm here and I'm supporting your your warrior cry and anything you need moving forward. I've de- you've got my support, you got my vote, and I'm here for you. So <laughs> so if um anybody anybody that's watching this, please 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 rally around this woman. She is incredible. Her energy, her mission. Homelessness is a real issue in Charleston. It's a real issue everywhere and especially with COVID right now it's becoming reality for so many of us that never expected it to um so let's just all just come together and help in whatever way that we can no goal no dream is too big too small um Denise I thank you again for being a part of this um and I'm just so excited for March so we can be able to you know celebrate your grand opening and (laughs) and welcome all these people in you're gonna be like Kim I don't I don't have any more room. I've already surpassed like all two. <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, now we gotta go get another building. And <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so I support you and I, I'm so excited for everything that's to come. So one more time, if people wanna donate, uh tell them your GoFundMe and your Facebook page again. My Facebook page is Denise Tolbert. And uh, all the information is on there as far as um, uh, donations. There's different GoFundMe pages for uh, different things that we have going on. So definitely just, if you can't donate funds, at least hit me up and and volunteer a couple of hours a week if that's all that you have. I need all the help I can get. It takes a village. And if we come together, we can accomplish things because every little bit of help, it matters. Perfect, perfect. Well, Denise, I thank you again. And this has been another awesome episode of Exquisite Conversations.